Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello, James here, and you're listening to the IAB UK podcast. So, in what has been a whirlwind week in Westminster, I managed to grab 20 minutes with the IAB's Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs, Christy Dennehy-Neal, to unpick Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's reshuffle, the return of former PM David Cameron, and crucially, what all of this meant, if anything at all, for the world of digital advertising. And it turns out there's loads of other things going on that are entirely worthy of an update too. Christy covers off the online advertising task force as well as the online fraud charter and shares a bit about how her public affairs strategy is playing out with regional roundtables and a round of party conferences to boot. Plus, we get into all the detail around the digital dividend, a stellar piece of research released by the IAB earlier this year that quantifies for the very first time the value that digital advertising contributes to the UK economy. Here's the conversation with Christy. Enjoy. Two days after hashtag Rishi's reshuffle, (laughs) big David Cameron's back. What does it mean, if anything, for our world and the people that you talk to? Oddly, not too much, to be honest. (laughs) Obviously, there's a lot of political manoeuvring going on, Mm. looking ahead to the election. But actually, in practical terms, DCMS, who's the main department with responsibility for ad policy, it's a long way away from the Mm. epicentre. So as yet, no no changes there. Some changes to junior ministers at DCIT, who look after things like data protection. I don't expect they'll substantially Mm. make a difference to, to the kind of policy areas that we work in. Things are still kind of, you know, settling down there will be still some kind of backfilling of posts so there could be some changes yet that we don't know about but you know as you were really (laughs) we're we're, we're very much on the edges of the political drama yeah at number 10 well no doubt it's been a busy few weeks for for you and your team anyway we should talk about the digital dividend and not less because if you visit Westminster Tube we're plastered all over it but give us the sort of too long didn't read version of what the digital dividend is yeah I mean I hope you will read it but (laughs) yeah so it's a first actually we've never done this before in the UK it's economic analysis piece that we worked with an agency called Public First to produce which looks to capture and quantify the contribution that digital advertising makes Mm. to the UK both in economic terms but also for businesses and consumers so really trying to quantify and put some figures to the things that you know a lot of us already know Mm. about how important it is and why it matters to consumers things like the value exchange you know the need to have ad funded media and content and services but we've never been able to to put numbers to that before Mm. so it's really it's a really brilliant thing to have been able to do in the past, we've always been able to talk about the size of the market, yeah, for example, yeah. to demonstrate how important the industry is. But that's just one small part mm. of the picture, and whereas mm. now we've got the whole story. Yeah. Anything in there that you found very compelling or surprising? Because it's a meaty bit of work. There's lots in there. Yeah, there is loads in there. I think that's the beauty of it. I mean, the headline figures are always, you know, the ones that are going to uh, look impressive and the ones that are, as you said, featuring in our our ad campaign in the tube. So 129 billion for the overall economic footprint in uh, gross value added in 2022. Like that's a really impressive figure. Mm. It's huge. That's a kind of macroeconomic figure. Two million jobs as well, which is more than 6% of the UK's workforce in digital advertising are supported by it. 
sales for businesses, actually, that's been a really important uh, figure to get, including for SMEs. So the businesses that invest in digital advertising had a sales uplift of £73 billion. That's amazing. Yeah. And £26 billion of that is for SMEs, which, mm. you know, is really important. Yeah. And household savings. I think some of the consumer facts and figures that are in the report are really insightful and interesting. And I would encourage everyone to go and have mm. a look at those. But cost savings, for example, of £18 billion a year, £600 per household from not having to pay for services that they can get for free because they're mm. ad funded and saving money from finding uh, cheaper things to buy online. So, so those are the kind of headline stats, but there's lots of interesting stuff, you know, in there as well in all of those different areas. Who is aimed at the report? Yeah, I would think about it a bit like a sort of encyclopedia. (laughs) So the report itself is interesting. It's definitely worth reading. We've got loads of resources about it on our website. It's for anybody, really. So it's Mm. for us, and we will use it as a resource to pull out all sorts of different narratives and interesting angles that we can go and use when we talk to policymakers and MPs, whether that's cost of living or digital inclusion Mm. or, you know, some of these really important economic figures. Also for members, you know, and it's a really nice, positive story. And we don't have enough of them, (laughs) certainly not in my area of work. (laughs) So, you know, absolutely, it's for members to use. You know, you can use it in recruitment, you can use it in pictures, Mm. whatever it is. You know, there's so much in there. If you want some nice, positive information, data, stats about the value of the industry in all of those kind of areas, you know, it's a wealth of resource for that. Yeah, just makes sense when you start talking about jobs, when you start talking about the value to people. I mean, these are things that translate very well to policymakers, MPs, that type of audience. Exactly, yeah. What else has been going on? I mean, it's just, this sort of seems like there's sort of so much at the moment. Lots of acronyms of different things going on. Smile Riley, which I'm sure we can get into. Probably one of the leading ones is the online task force, which is sort of spun out of the online advertising program. You're a part of that. Why don't you just give a little explainer as to what that is? Not for me, because obviously I know, you, but you know, for the listeners, know, James, I, I know right in the detail, but, you know, <laughs> just for the people that listen. It, yes. For, for everyone else who's kind of too busy <laughs> to keep up with the acronym uh, soup that we have in policy land. So the Online Advertising Task Force, yes, I am a member of that. So it's a ministerially chaired task force mm-hmm. set up by DCMS. It came out of the online advertising programme work and the consultation response that was published in the summer. So this is one strand of work that's come from that. So government said that they wanted to set this up as a kind of forum for government to work with industry. So it's trade bodies that are represented on the task force as well as government departments. And through the task force, we've got essentially two objectives. One is to look at and improve and build the evidence base around harmful ads. Mm -hmm. And the other is to look at how we can support and drive adoption of and strengthen existing industry initiatives and standards. And the two areas of focus are around illegal advertising and protecting children from ads that they shouldn't be seeing. So ads for products and services that are not legal to sell to Mm. them. That's the task force. And at the moment, we are developing an action plan to sort of come up with things that we can do that will help deliver against those objectives. Who else is sat on it with you? What sort of stakeholders? Yeah, so it's mostly ad industry trade mm-hmm. bodies. So we're there, obviously, the AA, ISBAR, IPA, NMA, lots of acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> they all have A's in them. The ASA sits on there. They're the ad regulator, mm-hmm. as you know. Tech UK also sit on there. I think that's it for industry bodies. And then it's government departments at so DCMS, Home Office... Department for Business and Trade. It's the sort of genuine representation of, uh, uh, of everyone. Yeah. You talked about this evidence base. Uh, is it that that base just isn't there around harmful ads at the moment or is something you're going to help build or...? 
Yeah, I think it, it's only there in part. Right. So part of the consultation, the government was you know, looking to gather evidence, but I think they've recognised that it's not as comprehensive and detailed as it needs to be. Yeah. I think from our perspective, you know, nobody's going to argue that an illegal ad is not harmful. Like mm. That's why it's illegal in mm. the first place. But what we really need to better understand is exactly where these ads are getting into the ecosystem and how they're being disseminated so that we can focus on those areas yeah. and, and trying to tackle those rather than a kind of blanket approach which is, is probably going to uh, miss the it. target what else is happening as a result of the oap the online advertising program and i guess if people are listening to this where can they stay up to date on what's going on it's fairly fast moving yeah so the other i said this the task force was kind of one strand of work mm. the other strand of work so the online advertising program is still a program that is ongoing within government so the other focus for them now for dcms is their commitment to legislate to introduce a new statutory framework mm-hmm. for digital advertising to regulate platforms intermediaries and publishers so they're working on developing some more detail around that in order to consult again probably now not till early next year about what that's going to look like mm-hmm. so they can get input into the sort of design of the framework that sort of thing that's a longer term piece of work but it's really important to shape it now so i think to keep up to date we've got information on our website so if you just search for the oap you should find kind of the latest that will summarize everything i just said and (laughs) probably more succinctly but also if your company isn't represented currently on our regulatory Mm. affairs and public policy group i would highly recommend to make sure you've got someone on there that's the kind of route to get the more in-depth you know ongoing day-to-day updates about what's happening and how to get involved so that's probably yeah the other best route as well um i'm hearing lots of talk and chatter about the online fraud charter i guess the clues in the name but but tell us a bit more about that and what are the latest developments there yeah so that was a, a separate but related piece of work and the i should say that when the task force action plan comes out it should hopefully one of the jobs it will do is hopefully capture everything that's uh, going on right. across the sort of policy and regulatory landscape that mm. impacts digital advertising so the online fraud charter was set up by the government's anti-fraud champion Anthony Brown MP who has actually just been appointed as a transport minister so we don't know if that's <laughs> going to be his role continuing but it was to basically come up with a set of voluntary commitments that platforms could make and that platforms kind of in in a very broad sense so not just ad platforms but also you know retail platforms mm-hmm. dating apps those kind of things to try to minimize instances of fraud whatever they may be and it was part of the government's fraud strategy that was published earlier this right. year so some of our members are, as we understand it, going to be signatories of that. And there's provisions in there around things like people being easily able to report an ad that they think is fraudulent, for example. So it's capturing that. You know, the other job it kind of does is is highlight what companies already do as well to help deal with fraud. So that's clear to everybody and and we can see what's happening. So that's I think it's at the end stages of being signed off and due to be published uh, shortly. <laughs> probably, we expect probably the Charter and the Task Force Action Plan to come out together because they're kind of complementary. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and switching gears slightly to, to public affairs, I mean, there's, there's loads going on that. Um, you just rolled out a new strategy. Uh, this, j- just give us a, a, a view of uh, what's been working. I know Gareth's been at party conference, there's been a number of round tables kind of all all around the country. So there's sort of lots happening there as well. Yeah, so we've really yeah beefed up that part of our work, you know, very deliberately yeah. the last year. So as you said, we've got a new strategy, which is, I guess, broadly focused on trying to bridge the gap between industry and policymakers mm. who generally 
don't know much about the industry. If they do know something, it's probably perhaps not the most rounded or informed yeah. <laughs> view that they've got. So obviously our digital dividend report is really helpful yeah, with yeah. that. You know, we've got all the data, all the facts and figures. So yeah, we've been working to, I guess, raise the profile of the industry, build a better understanding of its importance. So advocacy and engagement sort of in, in that general sense, but also specifically on things like the DPDI bill. So that's the bill that's making changes to some aspects of the UK's data protection mm-hmm. regime. And e-privacy regime. So yeah, so it's kind of everything from one-to-one meetings about the bill and explaining the, the changes we want made to that and getting support for that. Gareth, as you said, was at all three party conferences, meeting people, creating opportunities for follow-up conversations. I always think um, it's such a sort of glitzy and glamorous job, but it's not really. Not, I mean, he's, no. he's got to go and sort of like intently listen and go and talk to people yeah, and things like that. exactly, yeah. And, you know, they're really long days. Yeah. Obviously, everybody's vying for everybody's attention. Yes. So it's all a bit, I don't think it's, I once think likened it to sort of the can of the political world. And I thought it's it? absolutely a million miles mind. from there's no rosé and sunshine. It's, you know, grey suit and dark rooms yeah so he was there and also you know it's a good opportunity to also meet other like think tanks and things like that you know who we might work with and as well as those kind of meetings as you said we've been out across the country this year doing some regional roundtables which have been really interesting Mm. so we've kind of thought about what are the interesting sort of angles on digital advertising that we can use to to talk to MPs. And we landed on sort of the value of news. So the value of advertising to news provision, obviously, but also the value of local media to SMEs. So we've had a series of roundtables. So far, we've been to Newcastle and Stoke and Leeds to talk to the local MPs and also local representatives such as Chambers of Commerce and Federation of Small Business, mm. just to have open discussion about you know, about that kind of ecosystem and how it works and what the challenges are, what we can do to help with that. Uh, Yeah, so they've been really beneficial and we're hoping to continue those next year as well. (laughs) The world tour continues. (laughs) Indeed, yes. Coming to Darlington and (laughs) somewhere else next. What's your sense of, are people interested about our world who aren't in it, MPs that can, you know, because it's a fairly impenetrable sort of world and it's difficult for us to keep ahead of stuff. But And I wonder if they are sort of interested in picking away and stuff makes sense to them when we talk through it? Yeah, that's a good question. I suppose part of our strategy has been to figure out who are the ones that we know are already interested, Mm. who are the ones who we could get interested, (laughs) who are the ones that are not interested, you know, to try and kind of narrow down a bit where we think we can build youth relationships and develop, you know, people who might be advocates for us. I think they are interested. As I said, it's kind of, if you kind of approach them and say, do you want to talk about digital advertising? (laughs) Not so much. (laughs) But if, you know, and this is where the digital dividend again is going to be really useful because we can use it to draw out all sorts of different interesting narratives Mm. around small businesses around consumers around you know how free access to content and services helps people when they're really under pressure due to cost of living you know sort of digital inclusion and uh, some democratic access to content all Mm. sorts of interesting angles we've got you know regional splits of data as well so i think they are interested when you if you make the effort to kind of make it interesting and and think about what are they interested in that you can tap into Mm. so whether they're interested in you know kind of economic value whether they're interested in growing small businesses in their constituencies whether they're interested in you know whatever it is so they are yeah and and it's you know on the around the roundtable We've had really wide-ranging discussions about Mm. all sorts of topics that all ostensibly started in the same place, but, you know, just spun off into different things. It's fascinating. A lot of this is is a framing exercise of, you're you're exactly right, if you pitch up and it's like, we're going to tell you everything about digital advertising, you know, you you know, 
But if you kind of make it relevant, like, yeah, as you say, yeah. I mean, disruptive then has been, been wonderful at that. A quick look into your policy crystal ball, mm-hmm. if I may, which I, I know you love doing, <laughs> making predictions. I mean, next year just feels like it's going to be a sort of hugely important year. I was listening to a podcast the other day and saying in terms of uh, elections in democratic countries, disasters, the US, is a bunch of ones in Europe. I mean, it feels like the biggest sort of year for democracy on record. Without getting into predictions and what might happen, it is going to be an interesting kind of year as year of flux, perhaps. Yes, flux is a good word. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, it, it will be. There's so many kind of factors at play, I think, with the election. Yeah. We don't know when it will be. We obviously don't know what the outcome will be. Mm. I think the sophologists can speculate on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in one sense, for us, the focus is the same. Yeah. You know, we want to represent our members effectively. We're going to continue our work to make sure that industry is heard and understood. So all of that work I was just talking about, the kind of education, mm. the advocacy... You know, you need to do that. It doesn't matter whether it's a government of the same shade, a different shade. There's always going to be new MPs anyway. Mm. You know, you'll get new ministers, all of that. So, you know, you need it's a constant job anyway, (laughs) kind of pluses and minuses of that to keep up with, you know, the changes and make sure we've got a consistent kind of drumbeat of information and communication and messaging. Obviously, with it being an election year, there's manifestos. So we will be doing a bit Mm. of work around sort of influencing those, but overall, you know, our messages are the same. Yeah. We want sensible, proportionate approach to regulation uh, for digital advertising that recognises what we've already got that works and focuses on, you know, the real problem areas that that we can't solve, like yeah. sort of criminal activity. So yeah, it, it'll be more of the same, but as you said, a very yeah volatile year politically i think yeah you're exactly right i think everyone's getting sort of very excited about huge swathes of change and what that might bring but you're kind of bang on it doesn't mean our message change at all and i guess what we're doing to represent the industry as well yeah we shall see we'll get gareth down here get him to make some, <laughs> get him some off-the-cuff predictions maybe he's see probably him. more likely to give you a, a juicy prediction than i am we need yeah. to get into these party comments you know what's the best sort of prawn sandwich or breast sandwich at a party different podcast in that anyway <laughs> yeah. christy thank you so much for spending some time taking us through things like digital dividend we're going to put all the links to everything that you can find on the site Brilliant. in the show notes but thank you so much pleasure thank you Christy Denny Heneal, the IAB's Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs there. You can find the full fat version of the digital dividend at iabuk.com forward slash digital dividend. You will find all the numbers, all the stats, one page takeaways, animated films, infographics, basically a treasure trove of stuff all about how vital digital advertising is to our economy and the huge value people place on the free content advertising obviously allows them to enjoy. That's it for this week. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you're liking what you hear on a weekly basis, tell a friend or a colleague or your client to have a listen to. Thanks very much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.